Before diving into today's episode, did you know that this podcast has a supporters club? By becoming a member, you not only gain access to exclusive content, but also play a crucial role in supporting your favorite podcast. See the link in the episode description to find out more. Now, let's get back to the episode. You know, I know it's been a minute since I last did this. I mean, I sure hope things have gotten better, you know, that people are actually realizing that a certain somebody is unfit to be president, that, you know, a certain movie company actually doesn't have to do the same thing as another movie company does to build shared universes. I really do hope that we're going to have a little bit more variety and, you know, people are going to understand diversity and all coming together and handling problems, you know what I mean? Make the future great. Wait a minute. What's this American Health Act thing? What's this? Wait, wait, wait. What, what is this about defense spending? Who the hell is Steve King? And, and, wait, all movies are doing a shared universe now? You know what? Even being away from the mic, there's still a bunch of dumb stuff I gotta handle. You know what? Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get into this today. Yep, welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. What's going on, J360 Legion? Your leader is back. <laughs> yeah, it's been one crazy week, man. I mean, what with all the final exam work I have to do, and I'm still studying and doing my brush-ups for everything I got to do. But you know what? I'm going to knock that exam out, get my college degree, and then, and then the fight really begins. You know what I mean? Especially against all this dumb fuckery that's going on nowadays. Excuse my language, you know? I'm getting to that point where I really don't have to cuss anymore, but guess what? I think I'm going to need a patch because people haven't stopped being stupid yet, so I don't think my profanity is going to go away anytime soon. Uh, you know, but it is what it is. I didn't give it up for Len or anything. And uh, speaking of dumb stuff, this time I'm not going to go into the idea of dealing with a senile, xenophobic 70-year-old that's sitting in the most powerful seat of the nation talking about wiretapping falsehoods and blatant stupidity out of nowhere you know taking pot shots at you know president obama because he was a lot better than he is and actually fits the term of president instead of this giant man baby stuff that's going on here not to mention his ugly fucked up pumpkin face but let me tell you this much remember when i started doing this show and i said it's not always the fool but the fools that follow the fool i've noticed that a lot of peak racism is coming out of the woodwork these days as a matter of fact, I'm sure you all have noticed it. But ever since this giant xenophobe came in there, everybody's been losing their mind on this. And, you know, it's almost like a tram. Okay, so you're going to go ahead and you're going to ban people of the Muslim faith, but then you're going to go ahead and go down the line and go after other minorities, such as saying, oh, blacks and Hispanics will be fighting each other before overtaking the white population. And then trying to denounce it and say it's not about race. And then also saying that we can't rebuild our civilization with someone else's babies. You know, all this peak racism and shit comes from three areas usually. And I'm only saying that off the top of the list. It seemed like a lot of it is coming from... A lot of it is coming from Arizona for some of their crazy stuff. Kentucky. And of course, and, and don't get me wrong on this one. 
Iowa. The state of Iowa is just showing its ass off. If it's not them, it's Kentucky. If it's not Kentucky, it's Iowa. And then chances are you might get Florida up in there now and again, depending on who thinks it's their time to say something. This is not the time to be racist. Alright? This, this is just a sign of ignorance and not, not necessarily white guilt, but white anxiety, I should say. It's just a sign of anxiety that, oh, all of a sudden, because cause we, we got this, we got a white president again, we can... And that's debatable, by the way, because why is he so orange? If he... <laughs> we, we have a white president again, now we can go ahead and stroke our own stuff. We can have our ego stroke and everything else. Yeah, mm-hmm, this is the time to go ahead and say it. And quite a lot of this is coming from a congressman in Iowa named Steve King. And sure, everybody try to go ahead and go into his context, but it turns out that he means what he says. He's trying to say that it's not about race, but you know what I think? See, if you ever seen, I'm not going to say get out, I'm not going to do a get out reference on this. I would, but no, I'm not. As a matter of fact, what this is, is another sign of that genteel racism. You know, where, where I'm not racist, but I'm going to say something racist in a nice way. It's just like constructive trolling. This at point is blatantly racist. It's ignorant as hell. And you know what? The thing about it is, as he done said this, he's getting more and more press now because the media is building him up like this. Like, sure, they're going ahead and putting direction and attention on him so you know exactly what the hell's going on. And he's being outs by his own party because of his statements. But the thing about it, well, not outs, but you know, they're turning their back on him because of what he's saying. But the thing is, is this... There are some that secretly believe in what he's saying, and they're showing their asses off saying this stuff. Of course, they're not being as blatant as him now. So you mean to tell me that this is about a census? He's trying to say this is about a census civilization thing? I don't know why the hell that Caucasians have to feel this inferior to the point to try to subjugate people all the time just to go ahead and promote that they're, quote, better than us. You know what I'm saying? They're not. I don't think really too much anybody is better than anybody. We all have to work together anyway in a common goal. We're all trying to get somewhere in life. But the thing about it is, it has to be either dealing with the class system, aka how much money you have or receiving, and then it has to deal with the race system. I mean, isn't that something how things that deal with cultural backgrounds and everything else that a lot of these weak-ass politicians say in order to showboat has nothing to do with race, but it actually talks about race? And of course, you know, his comments were praised by numero uno bigot and top Trump supporter, David Duke. Yeah, he's not necessarily a part of the KKK anymore, but he's still a damn white nationalist now, isn't he? Trust me on this. When you got somebody like that praising you, um, yeah, pretty much what you just said was really racist. But you know, as usual, it's not racist unless I get caught. And if it is racist, then I get ousted or never voted for again. <laughs> yeah, now you have a problem. You see what I'm saying? Ain't nobody trying to bring all this stuff out like this. Not really. But you see, I'm always wondering, where, where's the protest for that shit? But you know what? As it goes, people got to get hurt for things to get done. It seems like. You know, because all these crazy statements, all this lawlessness that's coming around. There's a lot of wild stuff about to be thrown around in the political arena. And if anything else, it's always something new with the overcome. Because remember, he's been wiretapped by President Obama. He, every time it's either President Obama's fault or it's the media's fault, aka fake news. If it's something that's blatantly happening around you, he will gag order it. 
because he doesn't know how to handle it. It's so, it's so weird. And then, not to mention, working on defense spending when your military is already powerful enough. I'm aware that some of y'all miss the 50s and the 60s, but leave that shit alone. Learn from it, move the hell on. But the, but you know what? That's that's life, right? Because it goes like this. History repeats itself. Especially when you haven't learned a damn thing. And see, some people want this stuff to go on again. Matter of fact, to me, it seems like the whole new 10s, you know, the whole 2010s, because we're, we're in 2010s, we're not in the early part of the millennium anymore. It seems like the whole 2010s have been nothing more than a composite of all of those decades leading to this. It hasn't stand out on its own since. You know what I mean? And I guess this is supposed to be the 80s era where everybody's um, in that dark, gloomy place and we're all supposed to be fighting back against the establishment in some way or the Running Man games are going to occur because that's the original Hunger Games, by the way. Like, to me, I just think it's so damn ridiculous that we are going into this, this stupid sentiment again. And the thing is, is because some people just don't want that to die. They are so all about being pure and all this crap that they're going to subjugate other people because of it. Like, you know what? Just because you have a giant inferiority complex doesn't mean that the rest of the world has to. And you know what? That cancer needs to be cut out. That needs to be thrown away. We all need to work together, come together. Like I said, racism is not going to ever fade in America. Well, actually, it could fade, but it's never going to go away. Especially what with all this wild stuff going on, especially with these uh, for-profit prisons going on, you got Jeff Sessions that somehow managed to get that attorney general job. You got Donald Trump who somehow never was about minorities unless they had the same damn net worth he has, which is, you know, he lied about that too. Because of all that crazy stuff he didn't say, he got up in that office. Anytime you look at him, you need to understand how he got in there. So now that you got all this wild stuff going on, we all have to ride this out. We have to come together as a people. But let me tell you something. If there is one thing I know about this new opposition, it is behind blurred lines. And if there is a problem with this whole thing, those people will be quick to deny it, make up a lie, or go ahead and turn it around on us where we're all pointing fingers at each other and trying to go ahead and hold each other back going ahead and aim at each other like you know it's kind of like how your supervisor is causing most of the problems and shit because he's in he's inept he doesn't know how to handle anything and instead he's going to go ahead and say point it at you and say that you did it or he's going to point it at your um co-worker and your co-worker is doing the best he can to try to get that raise and you know damn well that's going to jeopardize him and then all of a sudden he's going to take him use him against you or her i should say or her and use her against you too because going to go ahead and play the play the cards like that and pretty much move the goalposts around. See, because every damn time, it shouldn't be at this point, you know, Americans fighting against other Americans at this point. We need to unite. You know what I'm saying? Instead of all these companies merging, they need to compete. Instead of like, like the Asian countries do. You know what I mean? They compete. They don't merge all the time. Some of them do, but the thing about it is... There has to be some competition there for the economy to grow and boom again. But then again, I live in a day and age where allegedly a microwave will spy on you. A Bowling Green incident. Sweden went to war and we didn't know. Frederick Douglass is still alive. Slaves are immigrants. And 
so much more dumb fuckery. I, I just can't help but just, you know, I, I need to buy a flask or something. But then again, I, I don't have time to be stone drunk because I still got to make more episodes of this show. It is unbelievable where we are now as a country. And talking about making it great again. That shit has to go. I'm sorry. It, it, it has to go. And then, you know, it just makes me wonder why in the world... Did he think that running for public office and winning public office was going to make him automatically loved by everybody? You have a lot of cynics out there. You have a lot of people in journalism you need to talk to. You have to talk to them because they represent the people. That is how media works. Now, like I said about King earlier, like they'll find somebody who's saying outrageous stuff and give him a media blitz and make a you know, a figurehead out of him. Yeah, I understand that the media isn't always perfect, but then again, you don't have perfect people. And the fact that he can't even be accountable for the shit that he says and does, and he just signing papers, signing papers. It's just so stupid. Does he? I would ask if he reads those papers that he does sign, but I also know that Donald Trump doesn't read. I mean, unless it's tweets. And then the only real way you can ever get any sort of legitimate news would be from his Twitter because that's where it comes first. And it's so outrageous. Like, you know, but people voted for this lawlessness. People voted for this lying. People voted for this manipulation, this propaganda, all this stuff to just take whatever sort of success that could come from anybody and try to subjugate it. They voted for this. And call it Make American Great Again. It, it, it's not great again. America was already great. But it's not becoming great again. Which is a clusterfuck in itself. And a lot of y'all can say MAGA if you want to. But let me tell you something. The only way America is going to be great again is when people go back to working livable wages. When they go ahead and they invent things that can actually help out the infrastructures around here. When, you know, students are not being passed on just to be passed on. They're putting efforts in their education, pushing themselves every step of the way. That is how you make America great again. Not this bullshit. Stop the bullshit. That's all I got to say. Oh, and I also want to touch base on this. Comparing two different stacks of paper, one being the Affordable Health Care Act and the other one being an American Health Care Act, are, is not the way you work out a plan to repeal health care, okay? For one thing, America is not going to have free health care. It could someday, but it's not going to have free health care. It's going to be affordable. You got to pay in. You understand what I'm saying? Because not only are you just going to doctors, yes, specialists, I mean... You, you have broad things that are covered in healthcare plans here. And the thing is, the fact that they're going to compare two different stacks of papers, like, oh, this is our plan, that's that old plan over there. You do realize that the people that were involved in Obamacare and how it rolled out, right, pretty much had the same people involved in it, right? You do realize that it goes through both the House and the Senate, right? Of course, the Republicans control the Senate now, so they're going to go ahead and peddle this shit. But let's be honest here, though. They have no plan. This is a joke. This is because they just want to repeal that. But, you know, you have $22 million on the affordable health care plan. But you're going to go on ahead and try to axe that, right? Like, pretty much just cut that in half, you know what I mean? Just make 
certain people eligible for that other health care plan. And not to mention the stupid health uh, savings account thing that Paul Ryan wants to throw around. That, that is a stupid idea. A lot of people could die losing their health care and they're just trying to take this stuff away. And it doesn't make any sense. And say because it's on a lighter stack of papers that it's actually a more formulative plan, a formidable plan to actually handle things. No, I don't think so. What I would do if I was president, well, I wouldn't do half the shit he's doing. What I would do as a president, okay, I would make sure that my health secretary knows what's going on. If Obamacare needs to be changed, let's go on ahead and let it run its course for one year, okay? And then we can go on ahead and see how it works and then identify where we can make it work better. You see what I'm saying? But... These motherfuckers didn't even have a plan going in. They don't have a plan now. And even if they did have a plan, you can't put a plan like that together in that short amount of time. Healthcare has never been an easy aspect of American life. It, it never will be. You know what I mean? You got other countries out there that have free healthcare, but, you know, we still have a problem with this. It is a problem upon layers. It's layers and layers of problems. And like I said, it's not the best system, but at least you have something. And I know some of you hate healthcare in general because it deals with socialism. And the thing is, socialism has always been there. It's one of them things where you need to not have. A Band-Aid can't solve all your problems. If you ever get banged up in a car accident or some sort of unfortunate incident, you want to know that you have that health care so you can go and get patched up. Unless you want to go to them free clinics or the county. And the thing is, they don't clean their utensils sometime. Well, I don't know. They probably do, but the thing about it is, is if you go there, you're going to get treated the way that you're going to get treated. You want to get the best care possible. That's important for you as somebody that's out here working, breathing, and living. You know what I'm saying? But now all this dumb fuckery playing football with people's lives. That is the one thing I do not like about administrators, even on the smallest level. You know what I'm saying? These are people's livelihoods you're dealing with. Some people need that health care to stay alive, and you're just going to take it away from them? See, that's where your genocide comes from right there. I, I don't get it. My advice to those of you in society out there who are afraid to use common sense, do use it. For those of you that believe that Avoiding the media is helping you? Stop that. Go and listen to the media. Go and read something. If you can do better, you know what I mean? Ask questions. Make editorials. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, do testimonies. If people try to silence you, speak a little louder and through different ways. Because all of this stuff concerns you. You got to understand, these people that are doing this, they are of the elder age and then, you know, I don't wish this on them, but you see, when people are of advanced age, they're going to cross over to the other side someday. The thing about it is, the messes they leave behind, we have to clean them up. And in doing so, we have to clean up our own messes too. But you just can't sit here and let Trump's administration, or incompetence, think I should say, or the people at the state level change your way of thinking to make it seem like you don't have a voice and you don't have a say in this whole thing. You are the nation. They are civil servants. As a matter of fact, they're public civil servants. They work for the public. You're the public. They work for you. Your citizenship. Everything else in that body of government concerns you. And your right is to get involved. 
get the information you seek and make sure it's legitimate information because if you're smart enough to train yourself to know these things they cannot put wool over your eyes you have to know these things it's not the time to be dabbling around in hindsight you gotta have foresight you gotta see this stuff and you gotta know that it's a domino effect one thing's gonna lead to another especially with Donald Trump at the helm and with all these red states and everything else going on you can see that it's not gonna get much better from this Unless we make it so. We have to stand together. Ain't got time for no more of that finger pointing crap. You know what I'm saying? Because for those of you that are not ready to step into the political field and everything else, it goes like this. Now is the perfect time for you to prepare and get yourself ready. To start thinking. To be self-sufficient. To learn as much as possible and apply it. That's what I do. You gotta learn these things. You gotta know where the foundation is. See what they're trying to change. And see exactly what the long-term costs are. Because they're trying to do this stuff in the short term. In the short term, things seem cool. Revolutionaries seem cool in the short term. But in the long term, that's where it really affects everything. And a nation, and the growth of a people, and where we are in years to come. In five years, I hope that we are not going to be in isolated areas where, you know, things like what Steve King said earlier don't come to pass. And hopefully not, because we all tend to like each other and accept cultural differences. I mean, those of us that are not in the political field, some of us do. There's quite a, there's that, always that special 1% that doesn't give a damn. But let me tell you this, nobody gives a damn about them either. Not really. How you live your life, how you carry yourself. Me, on the other hand, I like to know people from different cultures. I like to know that there's a bigger world out there. I don't like being narrow-minded. You know what I mean? I love having common sense, and I know what to make jokes about, and I know what to make jokes not about. You know what I'm saying? I know what to cross, what barriers to cross, what taboos to go ahead and touch on, and then what to move forward from. But when you got certain people, like these people that are trying to run this government into the ground, that's where it is. But you got to know what your democracy means. And you got to know about your rights, and you got to be able to use your rights. Because the thing about it is, they are counting on you not knowing these things. Donald Trump is counting on any attempt to blind the people so that he can't be accountable. Make him accountable. Make him answer those questions. Make him know about those issues. Even if he tries to block you, go on his Twitter. Talk to him. Know what the hell's going on. Because in the end, he's going to do his job. And he's going to do it by the people. Talking to you selective racist people out there. I mean all of the people. Those that are American citizens. Those that are of a minority. The thing about it is, is that minorities will unite and they'll do what they have to do. And do the jobs that you won't do. Because you know why? You gave up on that stuff. Some of y'all weren't going to do them in, in general. But you complain about it because you don't have no easy way of getting in. And you have to compete too. But you know what? Competition is going to be kind of fierce because we'll do our stuff five times strong. It doesn't matter anymore. And not to mention, a lot of people love integrating. And integration ain't the problem. It's you having to learn how to adapt that's the problem. And nowadays, not in the future. You're not going to fuck the future up. We can make the future better. And we're going to. And I mean everybody. Everybody that really believes in the United States. Everybody that really believes in the cultures coming together to work and make things happen. They're the ones that are going to go ahead and inherit the future and make it look better. Not this whole 
xenophobic, make America great again. You can go ahead with that sad propaganda if you want to. But let me tell you something. The wheels on that wagon are falling off. It's going to be a day where everything just comes together. And you know what? It won't have anything to do with race. It'll just be about solving a common problem. And well, that ends my soapbox for this episode. I know I had a lot of material to cover, and to be honest with you, it would take two episodes to cover everything that's going on in Washington. And I mean, that's at a minimum. So what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to our main topic for the episode tonight. We're going to the movies today, folks. Sort of. We're going to be talking about what the movies are trying to do as their milk money now. And the milk money would be shared universes. I can't think of one major movie out there now with a lot of action sequences that are really up my alley that aren't building to a shared universe. Disney and Marvel have managed to land something great. You know, when the Avengers came together, it was so new at the time, it was never done before like this, where you had multiple different films come together to bring something as amazing as the Avengers to light, you know? I love the MCU. I think the MCU is great. I mean, after all, it is inspiring a bunch of other production companies to go ahead and create their own shared universes. For example, King Kong is setting up a franchise between Warner Brothers and Legendary, you know, with their MonsterVerse, or I should say Kaiju MonsterVerse, because, you know, we still have Pacific Rim to get through, and we still have, you know, Kong versus Godzilla coming in 2020, along with, you know, Godzilla's next movie coming out either next year or 2019. So, you know, that's still exciting. I just hope that there's more of Godzilla action in it this time. You know what I'm saying? Because they're supposed to have Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra in it. So I'm hoping that it's something excellent. Of course, you have Fox with the X-Men. They're bringing a bunch of movies back too, along with X-Force, Deadpool 2. Hugh Jackman is supposed to be bringing in the next Wolverine. You know, supposed to help out casting who's going to be the next Wolverine. And Logan was a damn good film. But the thing is, is that, once again, it seems like everybody's repeating everybody. Now, while these are good things in the short term, in the long term, it kind of, once again, it's one of those things that, much like a reboot and a pre-sold character, can kind of ruin it. Like, the superhero boom is still going strong. It'll probably go strong until about maybe over 2020 or the 2025, I want to say, but things tend to die out, and that's why, like, I hope that the sci-fi boom takes place in the midst of all this. I hope things grow. You understand what I'm saying? I hope things are incredible. You know what I mean? I hope that we have more of a variety in our films. I think that movies need to take a little bit more chances instead of relying on what sells all the time. Now, I can understand, like, as a from an economist point of view, I'm probably um, I'm probably treading on um, what did it, what do you call it? Treading on hard ground or something like that or no I'm treading on soft ground but the thing about it is is this you want to have that you want to have that don't you like you want to have a movie that flips things over you want to have a movie that changes stuff up now and again because it keeps things on their toes and it brings people in like if you just sit there and rely on just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it you never know because you're not going to do the same formula and you're not going to do a style that they're doing. That, that'll that make you unique. You know what I'm saying? But you see, much like anything else, everybody has to do it their way. Like, you know, Fox has the X-Men. Uh, Paramount has Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah, chances are they're going to bring the G.I. Joes back again. But, 
Who knows if it'll be in the same continuity. It'll probably change up. Uh, they still got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the jury's still out on that, too. And then, of course, you have, you know, Universal with their monster franchise and stuff, because they're starting that up with the mummy. Like, it's debatable to see where everything goes. Like, you never know. Like, some people probably want to move on from these characters after a while. You know, I wonder how people are going to feel when some of the characters in the MCU have to be recast because, you know, circumstances, some people don't want to play the roles anymore, the stories just don't appeal to them, or they get tired of, you know, being the character. I mean, I understand, like, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is ever going to want to give up, you know, being Iron Man because he's Robert Downey Jr. He's had a lucrative career, but I like to think that, you know... Chris Hemstrom probably wants to find some more roles to play. I know Chris Evans, um, he's still fine and work in other areas. He's fine. Um, you know, the ones that don't have a real lucrative career that they build off of to play these roles, they probably want to do other things. I know Hiddleston's doing pretty good with where he's going. I mean, because he's marketable. But, like, what I'm saying is as an actor, you know, typecasting comes into play. And no matter when you see that character, you're always going to think of the character that made them famous. You see what I'm saying? Because try to think of other roles that Chris Hemstrom played in. You know, sometimes it's kind of hard, but you can think of White Hat. You can think of the ill-famed Ghostbusters movie. You can think of... See, I can think of those two films. I know he has more of them. I know he does. Probably out there in his uh, native Australia and, um, you know, some other areas out there. And not to mention the model work he probably does. You know what I'm saying? But, like... What I'm talking about is is that movie companies shouldn't just rely on shared universes. They should go back to taking risks, working on different things, making new stuff come together, having it be amazing the way it is. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what you know, movie companies should be about. It should be about taking people away from you know, reality for a while, going ahead and watching these movies that will open up minds and, you know, inspire future generations to go ahead and create some, you know, some of their own iconic characters and stuff. Like, sometimes I think that's why horror needs to get away from the big three, which is, which is, you know, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason. Like, need to get away from them and start creating things of their own. Like, some of these characters have had their time, you know what I mean? Like, as the shared universes are happening in our time, and it's something for all of us to talk to, maybe our grandkids or great-grandkids you know, great grandkids about, you know, that's something to look forward to. But in the end, you know, they're probably going to reboot these films in, like, years to come, too, and probably do another superhero boom, but it'd be great. You know, to have different characterizations. Like, things not always being connected. You know, changing stuff up. See, because X-Men does that. There's not a lot of connections going on in there for right now. That can change at any time. But there's so many plot holes in the X-Men franchise. You can do whatever you want there. Uh, you see, the MCU is tightly connected. Now, they've had some parts where intercontinuity can be um, thrown to the side. You know, especially when it comes to, like, to taking the Netflix shows and trying to match up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. along with what's going on in the main movie universe. But you know what? They do make them little references to keep them interesting, which is cool. 
But the thing is, sometimes a movie that sets up a franchise for a shared universe, like the ill-famed Amazing Spider-Man series did, can really fuck right out because there was so much going on in Amazing Spider-Man 2 to be the launching platform for this new franchise and stuff. And you know it is because it doesn't have no, no semblance to it. It doesn't have a story like anything. Just like how Suicide Squad, the award-winning movie, I should say, the Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad movie <laughs> for makeup, actually has no real story or plot to it. It has no story or plot to it because... At best, it just widens the Batman universe. Like, by itself, you could really just call it the Harley Quinn Deadshot movie. Which is interesting. You know, they did win an Oscar. Because the movie looked good. The movie wasn't good to stand on its own. Sometimes, I get the feeling that certain movies in shared franchises don't really stand on their own because it's establishing a universe. Because it's not about this one character's story. It's going to be about all these other characters that surround the story. It's going to be about this event that's not even happening in this movie. But we still have to carry on and get through this two-hour fest. Because we really want to be excited for what's to come. You know, it, it happens. You know, in like regular trilogies too. Because The Matrix Reloaded, for instance. The Matrix Reloaded was more of a backstory movie just like uh, Attack of the Clones. Remember, I am a Star Wars prequel fan, so I do know this. Well, I'm a Star Wars fan in general. But the thing about it is, it's like, I know Attack of the Clones really didn't make no sense. But, you know, with backstory, it kind of does. It just didn't translate well into film. But what I'm, but what I'm really saying is, is this. When you make these movies and they're part of a shared universe, sure, be subtle about it. Like, I remember when the MCU was getting started, they were being subtle about things. But since a lot has come to light after the Avengers, and especially after Age of Ultron, you know, they don't really have to hide anymore. You already know. Everything is, like, all out there. It's either because we're used to it or because there's a hyper-focus to things. I mean, there's going to be an Inhuman show coming up, and we already know the, how the Inhumans are running about all over the MCU, mostly because they can't use Mutant, but still. You know, it's 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 fresh now, but, you know, as we get to where we go, some people are suffering for fatigue for this. A lot of people call it superhero fatigue because they can't stand superhero movies, so they start making reviews about, bias reviews, I should say. Bias reviews on certain things like the Iron Fist show. The Iron Fist show hasn't hasn't even come to Netflix yet, but initial critics are already giving that thirteen percent rotten, based on saying the characterization wasn't good and the direction of the show wasn't where they wanted to be. Like I say, professional critics have a way about doing these things. They have a level about using puff posts to make their point across, and as they should, it's their job. But, you know, when it's Rotten Tomatoes saying this, remember what I said about Rotten Tomato and Flickster. They're owned by the same company. You never know who got paid to act this way, or you never know if somebody's just phoning it in. You know, those are people that are tired of superhero movies. So at the end of the day, you got to be a better reviewer about this by seeing the, movie or seeing the movie show or whatever yourself. And, you know, since we are getting to March 17th when Iron Fist comes out, I bet it's going to be something awesome. See, I'll probably enjoy it, but you see, 
the way Iron Fist is made, it kind of reminds you of that show that's on TV now called Arrow. Yeah, like the Arrowverse is on TV, you know, like all of that is a shared universe and you never know how long that's going to last. I mean, everything is having their moment in the sun and that's cool, but don't just depend on that stuff. Always be open to what's going to be the next level. That's what I look at as a director and a producer. Like, believe me, I have ideas for a shared universe that I would like to sell. And then I have an idea for a shared universe that will never make it on film. It'll probably work more as a book series, so I'm writing that out. But I'm also writing standalone stuff because I know that eventually the money's going to dry up in certain areas. After a while, some people are going to want just a solo Superman film. After a while, some people are going to want just a solo movie featuring their favorite superhero because it's their problem. Let them solve it. You know, like some people are still aggravated to this day about Spider-Man getting his suit developed by Tony. You know what I mean? Stark Tech working on it. It's not like it's not like eventually Peter won't make a suit of his own and stuff. You know what I'm saying? It can happen. But, you know, at least he did create the web shooters. And I guess Marvel was hoping that that would shut up people. But here's the thing. There's always going to be that 1%. That 1% that just will not get it. Just will not like your stuff. You know, and that's criticism in general. And as I'm criticizing shared universes right now, I'm just saying, like, it's beautiful. I'm enjoying it, you know. And it's cool to see, like, everything is coming together and connecting and leading somewhere. But, you know, for some movie companies, it probably won't work as well as it does for Marvel because Marvel already had that shared universe before it went to film. It just went to film. But, like, you know, with Universal and the bringing the horror monsters back and seeing how they connect, I'm wondering if it's going to be a House of the Frankenstein reboot. A House of the Frankenstein. House of Frankenstein reboot. Or a House of Dracula reboot. Or... I wonder where it's going to lead to, because if it's all of them uniting to take on an evil force, kind of like how that Sinister Six movie was supposed to be, I'll pass on it. Because I'm all about a villains-based movie, but I have yet to see it be done right. And I'm including Suicide Squad in this. Because, you know, I understand why the Suicide Squad was there, but in the end, I watched the movie and I just didn't care. If anything, I saw it just widen the Batman universe. And as it should... And in the end, I mean, I got to enjoy Ben Affleck showing up and, you know, arresting practically everybody. That was cool, but once again, it just wasn't developed right. And I remember speaking about this, like having too many characters in one script and no story. It it just doesn't work out in the end. I mean, you can try to rewrite it and make it sound good, but, you know, in the end, it, it just go any way it wants to. And then in the end, there's no substance behind it. Like, if anything, DCEU could have just went ahead and did, I don't know, two people in one movie route and stuff like that. They could have had that going into their whole into their whole way, leading to a team film. It could have been like, you know, just switch it up a little bit. But then again, remember, the Green Lantern movie was to be the start of the DCEU back in the day, and it just didn't work out. Like, And Dracula Untold was supposed to be the start of that horror universe and it didn't work out it's just interesting you know so i don't know like there are trilogies right that have nothing to do with each other in context but you know they're united by one banner maybe a company that 
you know, exists out there in that universe and it's shared throughout all three movies. You know, like the Hot Fuzz trilogy, I should say. I know it's called something different. I think it's Cornado Ice Cream trilogy or something like that because all three films from Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and um, End of the World, no, World's End, you know, they're all united because of that ice cream company. That's like a veiled, very thin reference between all three movies. You know, it's like we should have stuff like that again, you know, to make it exciting. But this is the superhero boom. This is where we live at now. I mean, Star Wars is making a comeback. I mean, we got episode eight to look forward to later this year. And the Kong movie was really good. You know, and I can't wait to see him and Godzilla just duke it out. You know what I'm saying? Because that's going to be amazing. Only problem is you got to get through a lot of exposition before you get to um, what really excited you about this movie. And at least with Logan, Logan is part of the X-Men universe, but it, like Deadpool though, it stands on its own. You know, and that's what's really cool about it. Especially when it's in that uh, post-apocalyptic feeling in that universe there. And speaking of post-apocalyptic movies, I sure hope that, um, I sure hope that Mad Max comes back with another one, because Fury Road just makes me want to see some more. You know what I'm saying? Even though... It's debatable. Is Fury Road even a Mad Max movie, or is it more of a Furiosa movie? Your guess is as good as mine. But as I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, carving out the movies that I want to make and stuff, because see, there are going to be movies that I want to make, and then there's going to be movies that I want to sell. So as I sell some movies and stuff like that, I got to see if the first one sells before it becomes a franchise or a shared universe sort of thing. Like, I'm open to doing shared universes with other writers out there and stuff, but, you know, for right now, I kind of want to see if it sells on its own and if it becomes something great. Because you never know. There's other people out there who create characters that you may like and say, hey, as you create that character, I'm going to go ahead and open, um, you know, the gateway so your character can be in my universe and my characters can go to your universe. That's cool, you know? Like, the idea of making them is great, but since, like, a lot of all the movie companies want to do it now, it seems like it kind of takes away the specialness a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to party poop on your parade. I, if I if if I have, I apologize, but you do know how the J-Man show goes. Butts will be hurt one way or another. I'm trying to buffer this out and make it sound good, at least in the movie part. But for politics, as I cover it, you're going to have to take it as is. But in the movies, however, you know you, you know what I'm saying. Because sometimes we all go through withdrawal and fatigue when it comes to different movies and stuff like that. Like, I remember when I went through reboot withdrawal after Fright Night came out. But at that point, that's why, like, things like Robocop, The Matrix, and any anything else that they're trying to bring out that's been rebooted doesn't surprise me because they already took care of my favorite horror movie of all time, which is Fright Night. So ever since Fright Night got the reboot treatment and managed to get like a semi-sequel of sorts, because the new Fright Night 2 sucks. As a matter of fact, it's pretty much the same movie with cheaper budget and people who can't act. When that treatment was given to my movie, that, at that point I knew nothing was sacred anymore. So, you know, and that's how far it goes. But it's still debatable, you know? Like, this is something you enjoy the ride of, but it's short-term rides. The long-term ride has to be something a little bit different. Because after a while, the CW is going to have a grand finale that will probably end all of those DC TV shows. 
and then soon enough you know people want to move on to different opportunities and things happen so you know don't be surprised if things start running out of gas after a while and i'm mostly telling this to those businesses out there you know who do these shows and everything else i'm mostly saying that to them you know if it runs out of gas it runs out of gas eventually because people want something new and the thing is you're gonna have to start risking for that new take you're gonna have to start giving indie creatives a chance on the mainstream platform it's gonna be an adjustment for us but we can all handle it you know so that's all I wanted to do is give you a bit of an opinion piece on shared universes but I'll tell you this much that's all the time I have in the J-Man show today but it's good to be back you know I'm actually ready to go ahead and do some more episodes uh, next week I'm gonna go ahead and show you something no not next week Actually, yeah, tomorrow, right? Because it's the double up special. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Buffet Boys, by the way. I saw, I heard your episode 13. You guys are outrageous. And that's Anthony Toms, you crazy bastard. <laughs> that's all I got to say to y'all. And then everybody else in the Potter and family has been doing excellent. I remember seeing that the Epic Film guys did a live show. I didn't get to catch it because I was so busy working on, you know, my exams and stuff, but... Outside of all that, you know, I will make the next ones. Any of y'all are doing live stuff, you better guarantee Jay's coming to visit. That's all y'all need to know. I'm not going to say when, I'm not going to say how, but I'm going to tell you this much. I'm going to be there to see it. I'm going to talk to all y'all and stuff. Which, by the way, I am going to, after I get to 20 episodes, be open for crossovers. It's going to happen. Yeah, and that's something I talk about crossovers and now I want to do them. <laughs> but yes, as for tomorrow, you all are going to be in for a treat. Because I actually went through my guilty pleasure list. And I found a couple of movies that deserve redemption. So tomorrow I'm going to redeem two bad movies that really aren't so bad. So, you know, come back tomorrow and you're going to hear some pretty interesting stuff in episode 16. And also I'm going to be taking care of political correctness too. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for coming to the J-Man Show today. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you all tomorrow at 7 p.m. Peace.